Hey everybody, it's me, long time no see, Ed Warhol, mixed martial arts analyst for FrontProofMedia.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Carbazel and at TheBlogBoardJungle.com. I also contribute to SureDog.com and I just added MyMMANews.com. Um, so lots of stuff you can read as far as my coverage and analysis on the sport of mixed martial arts. Um, this is uh, for my podcast, the Carbazel MMA podcast. I'm going to be collaborating with uh, somebody that contributes over at the Blogboard Jungle. His name is uh, Matt Hawkins. You might know him as on Twitter as MMA Hawk. Um, he writes the A View from the Hawk's Nest events. He's uh, he's somebody that um, gets to. He's he's uh, he's been involved with the sport in a long time, and he uh, he got in touch with some folks over at Legends of the Cage, and uh, they're trying to do something to get us uh, started with a regular weekly podcast. So. Um, details will be out about it shortly, but, um, I figured since I already have my, my own stuff set up here, um, the first episode is, uh, backing up right now as I'm recording. And once I have the audio set, add it to the end of this. So all you guys on Anchor that do listen, I'd like you to listen to it, check it out. Uh, any feedback or thoughts, uh, would be welcome. Um, and, uh, again, uh, I'll be using it. We'll probably set up another anchor account for the show itself, depending on the following we get. We can get the stuff on iTunes and all the other pocket casts and all the other things that the anchor connects you to. I am still super unhappy with anchor, just so you know, but, um, cause I, the phone interview, I wouldn't have to do all these other steps if they didn't remove the phone interviewing, uh, step. Um, damn, like, I, you know, they're just trying to get their app out there. So whatever. That's neither here nor there, but um, uh, all current MMA stuffing we talk about, so anything that I'm missing, uh, Mr. Hawkins and myself will be uh, talking about it, so have a listen, let me know what you think, and it'll be uh, up on the, on the, the episode uh, for the podcast, the Carbazel MMA podcast, but uh, if you go over to the Blogboard Jungle YouTube channel, you can see the video uh, of Mr. Hawkins and myself now, but... Um, also on the blogboardjungle.com. So, yeah, again, sorry for the absence, but, uh, again, I'm, I haven't been too pleased with Anchor. Um, and I've also been very busy with uh, other things outside of MMA. Um, if you follow blogboardjungle.com, you see I covered a horror convention, and there's video stuff from that on the YouTube channel. And uh, I was in Connecticut for Bell- uh, for Mitrione and uh, Roy Nelson, covered that. So, uh I think right before that was the last time I talked to you guys. Lots have been going on, and lots will be going on. So I will be on here more, if anything, to back up all these uh, episodes. But uh, Mr. Hawkins and I will we be will be doing a weekly thing. Um, so hopefully you're still hanging around and into it. I think. Starting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Combat Fan Podcast, presented by Legends of the Cage MMA. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal, and on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news in the world of combat sports. Ed, how you doing, brother? What's up, man? Uh, Chilling, literally, here in New Jersey. Um, Lots of stuff to talk about, um, obviously. Um, Just so folks know... We're doing like a, a test run here of uh, obviously what what we have planned coming in the future. Um, 
I wanted to actually uh, touch base. I wrote on the the, uh, the preview of this thing um, a little quick history of me and and for people that don't know that are watching, Matt is the guy that do, does the uh, view from the Hawks Nest posts over on the blogboardjungle.com. And um, he and I met through the MMA community forum, and uh, we accidentally ran into each other a while back in Vegas. So this is the first time he and I are doing a streaming thing, but we've actually had a few beers and met a, and we and uh, talk combat sports before so um lots of stuff to talk about we always chat in private but um obviously this week uh nick newell's been been uh, in the news a lot because he came back last friday at lfa 35 um those results are up over at the blogboardjungle.com and um and uh there's a lot of talk of him coming into the ufc uh, uh you and i both watch his career man what do you think man is i mean is he ready justin gaethje thinks he's ready you know it's kind of one of those things where I kind of got mixed feelings on it. Um, is he ready? Yes. Um, is the world ready for it? That I'm not so sure about. Um, I mean, I realize the MMA and, and UFC has uh, gotten to the point where it's pretty much mainstream. Um, but, you know, I don't know if he can beat anybody in the top 10. And I, and there's a part of me that worries about, the final result um, if he were to lose a big uh, televised fight um, in, a, in a brutal, uh, ugly fashion. Mm. I mean, he, he did lose. I think the worst he's ever lost was when he when he lost to Gaethje. Um, but then he won the next two after that. I, 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 I'm I'm wondering why he fought at a catch weight at the LFA event, because uh, he usually fights at lightweight. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he definitely should should get a run in there. You know, the, the time when you look at the grand scope of things in MMA, as far as an athlete's career goes, um, as long as the longer they fight, the, the, it, it gets a little bit sadder when they're a little, when, you know, combat sports is a young man's game and he's still a young man. So I think he definitely deserves his run. Yeah, I, I mean, he definitely deserves it. I don't think that's in question. Um there's a lot of fighters that I'm looking on the outside that deserve a shot. And I, I have no question that I believe he could he could be top 20 uh, fighter in the UFC, um, which means that he definitely deserves his opportunity. I guess my fear um, is the press that it would get if we had the situation like he had with Justin Gagey and World Series of Fighting, mm. um, where you where ESPN, um, mainstream CBS, any of those big companies pick it up and you were to see him get mauled hypothetically, um on a big stage he um it happens to every fighter whether you have one arms two arms it, that's that's irrelevant i mean yeah. this is a this is a violent sport um i just wonder how the how the the world will pick that up in the world of social media um i wonder what that picture in a ufc cage would look like and how how that would be picked up you know to the just to the to the person who doesn't even watch the fights, but just clicks on CNN and sees the Bleacher Report uh, photo of, of a bloody one-armed guy yeah. getting beat. Um, Skill-wise, I don't even think it's close. I think he obviously deserves a shot. I mean, what the guy's done um, with the, with his handicap or not is, is, is uh, a resume that should get him into the UFC. I don't think that's even in question. No, I, I agree with you. And well, that's one of the things that I always feel like the things that that I mean, you have to use what you have to use. I mean, in, in this day and age of, of uh, where attention, especially in MMA, 
where attention can get you, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the more eyes you have on you, the more sponsorship opportunities you have and whatnot. And I know that's a whole separate issue in the UFC with the whole Reebok thing, but just in general, uh, like obviously the more high profile you are and everyone always seems to bring up his, his, uh, his disability, but obviously it hasn't hindered him at all as a fighter. Um, it's always just weird. I mean, never mind. I mean, just not with him. Like there's always something that, that people call attention to. I remember when I interviewed uh, Austin Vanderford for the VFC uh, event that he fought in at the end of last year. And I didn't, I didn't want to bring it up, but you know, the fact that he's well, now Paige Van Zandt's fiance came up and I didn't bring it up. He brought it up, but I mean, he was like, yeah, you know, she's a super hot, his, his words, not mine. He's like, oh yeah, I got a super hot girlfriend. Why wouldn't I want to talk about her? And in that sense, I get it, but it's just like, you know, if you saw his fight, the kid's an awesome fighter too. So the, the same thing with Nick Newell, like his skills obviously have been speaking for themselves for, for 14 fights. And he was, he stopped fighting October of 2015, if I remember correctly, because I wrote the article this morning. So the, the memory's fresh in my head, but, um, um, he's only 31. So he's still in his prime. I mean, I definitely, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the UFC, but then again, it's, it's a different, he wants to be in the UFC. So if that, if that's what he wants, I, I think he deserves to get it. But uh, obviously, there's other places to fight now these days that, that I don't know, depending on the type of fan you are, um, it could be more lucrative. Yeah. Again, he deserves to be in the UFC. He deserves the money, the opportunity to make that money that would come along with the exposure that he could potentially get. Um, he's done everything that he can do to, to earn that opportunity. Um, and I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm just looking from playing devil's advocate from from a, you know, a person who doesn't see fights like we see them or watch them like we watch them. Um, and I can see where, you know, that could potentially be an issue. Um, it, it likely would pass and it would be news for three, four days. If, if something, if he were to really get beat um, now on the flip side of that is he could, he, he could go in and heck, you know, on any given night, the guy could, could go into the cage and, and beat almost anybody in the UFC's lightweight division. Walter Waite might be a different case because I don't, or I don't know if he'd be able to use his wrestling um, ability as much in that weight class. Yeah. Um, but you know, the guy deserves it. It's just one of those situations where you don't know what news we would be looking at. We can't really sit here the next day and go, "Hey, that's bad press about the UFC." If yeah. we were, to, if we were to see potentially a. a a situation where there's a, a battered bloody guy with, with, you know, with one arm fighting in the UFC. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's just the world we're in right now. Social media, it would, it would spread. And, you know, I, I, the UFC is probably big enough to be able to get through that. Um, but they don't seem to be doing very well uh, with their promotions and their, their public image right now. So I'm not, I'm not so sure how they would play that off or, yeah. or how, what their spin would be. Um, you know what, what, what i mean uh, what from the feedback you get cuz i mean you you definitely interact with a lot more fans than i do i mean i'm obviously uh only on twitter but you're you you i mean i don't you hold some kind of record or something for going to the most events live than like anybody on in your area or something <laughs> like that <laughs> no there's no record i i've been to a couple hundred uh mma events um I think 45 UFC events and 20 something dollars. So I, yeah, I mean, I get around, I, I've met yeah. a lot of fans and you know how I met you guys in New York uh, first for the UFC, the, the McGregor uh, 
Alvarez fight and then, and then, five, came yeah. out, and then came out again for the, the big Bellator New York event. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things where he's known most fans that are really into the sport that I run into would love to watch him fight. Um, again, I, I'd love to watch him fight. I'd pay to watch him fight. Um, it just in the back of my head, I keep thinking, you know, it, it, what it could potentially do. It's probably just me thinking that this is 15, 20 years ago before the UFC's, you know, kind of become mainstream probably would be accepted. And like I said, the guy earned it. He deserves it. You know, on the flip side of there being a bad image, I guess you could also say in this, in this culture that we're in now, if he wins some fights, the guy, the guy could be on top of the world. I mean, he could, he could be, he could be the poster boy for a lot of, uh, a lot of good things. If, uh, if he's successful. Um, just to go back to like, obviously, I mean, cause you're, you're like a, a, a man about town when you're in a, at an event, uh, from what I've noticed since I've met you and you interact, like you said, with a lot of fans, how often do you find yourself either having to debate the sport or just like defend the sport to like somebody that just like say came across a comp ticket or something? It, it's not so much debating it. Um, there, there has been in the past when it was lesser known, um, when I would bring it up or someone would ask me what I was doing for the weekend. And I explained that I'm going to a fight event or two fight events, you know, or three, whatever, however the weekend rolled. But, uh, nowadays most people have seen it and, and at least know what it is. Um, the biggest ignorance from fans is, is talking about older fighters that they just plain haven't seen. Um, you know, the, the, the McGregor fan base is a fun fan base to watch fights <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, um, and it's, I mean, it's a party. It's, it's a great time and there's, they have a lot of good fans. Um, yeah. but I've also noticed a nice chunk of them are, are new to the game as far as being introduced when McGregor became a, a, a big name and, and, uh, talking to them, you know, Eddie Alvarez didn't put up a performance to represent what Eddie Alvarez is. Um, I think the people that saw that fight and were kind of talking smack about him uh, saw his fight with Justin Gagey since. And if they're fans of the sport, they're realizing how big that win by McGregor was. And um, n- not necessarily that it was a, a, a representative of, of who Eddie Alvarez is. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Cause uh, obviously, I mean, the region that I'm from, is the same i mean eddie alvarez is from this region he's he's a, a, a northeast uh for for fans around here i mean they were selling uh uh those um underground underground champ shirts you know um underground oh, king underground king yeah uh those were already those that that's something that's been around here for a while cuz eddie alvarez is very he he was uh i mean he's been to the mma world expo at the javits center in new york um Actually, if you read, I mean, he fought, he calls himself that for a, re- a reason. If you read Jim Jenia's book, Raw Combat, about the whole history of uh, MMA's band in New York and all that, and how a lot of those guys like him and Sarah and Frankie Edgar had to fight uh, here in New Jersey because of because it was banned in New York. It's just, there's a lot of history about it. So the fan base goes back further than than people have been hearing his name a lot lately. But, um, you know, he's fought in Dream, too. He's definitely somebody that... Uh, you know, like you said, it, it wasn't a good representation of 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 what El, Eddie Al, Alvarez is. It was better when he fought Justin Gaethje. Obviously, that's more what we're used to. Yeah, and I go back to watching him from 
the very to the Bodog days. Um, you know, I'm a yeah. huge fan of Eddie Alvarez, and you know, I'll be ready to defend him against any fan who wants to try to talk bad about the guy. Um, but yeah, for the general, mostly fans are nowadays know a little bit about the sport, and uh, you know, historically, you know, ten years ago, I'd have arguments with people about Fedor and. I'd get told that he's going to, he'd be submitted by Czech Congo and, you know, and I, <laughs> it'd get heated in bar situations because Fedor is my guy yeah. and, you know, but I, um, I do remember seeing you, I forget who, who it was with. It was somebody that we were cool with, but you did have to kind of like, you went, you went into like, uh, cause uh, I tell people when I talk about you to other people, especially the guys like at front proof media, or when I go to the meetups in New York and I, I mention you, I'm, I'm like, this guy's like, Cause you're, you're one of the most, ins- your mind is like an encyclopedia of MMA. And I know a lot of times I'll even DM you during, in the middle of writing something. Cause I'll, you know, I'll, know I'll get a correct answer. Um, but it's just weird. I mean, like, it's just weird. I remember, I forget who it was, but it wasn't the last time you were in New York this past June for the Bellator event. Um, I don't even remember what the debate was about, but you, you did such a good job of shutting the person down that they had no argument for you. I don't remember what it was about. That I wish I could remember. Just because you said that, it, it just sparked in my mind. Yeah, it, you know, I've had a bunch of those, and and it's different now. I, as I've gotten older and and realized that in the the sport's big now, I don't necessarily need to defend it like I did in the past. Um, I mean, I felt like an old school fan. I mean, I go back to you know 1995. I started watching. I started attending events in the late 90s. Wow. You know, when when you talk about the underground king on on the East Coast. And for fans that are just listening and don't know us, I'm out of uh, Southern California, and uh, you're out of the New Jersey, New York area. So we're uh, we're kind of cross country, um, bringing our opinions to this. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I go back to the underground days on the West Coast. Um, you know the the. I don't mean to cut you off, but speak because you, you just mentioned where you're from. And speaking of the West Coast, I mean, one of the other things you and I talked about, and uh, there's something we wanted to get into with the Bellator's heavyweight tournament. But uh, And I've actually said this to when I speak to the folks over at Bellator because, uh, as, as you guys know, I do cover the events when they come up in this region in New York and, and uh, when they were here in New York, when they're in Mohegan Sun in Connecticut and um, anywhere else that I can get to uh, on site. And... Um, but it seems to me, and and you you can you you know better than I do. I feel like you've been to more, obviously, for the same reason. They're definitely put on more events out by you than they do over here. Um, I mean, would you say that's a fair statement? Yeah, I would say for Bellator they do. Because um, they're based in San Jose, right? They're based in San Jose, so there's obviously a couple events there a year. Um, I usually get a, an event that swings through Los Angeles. Um, and, uh, just recently we had Bellator 193 at the Pachanga Indian reservation, which is in Temecula, a couple miles from my house. That was, uh, uh that was dad, the Darian Caldwell. No, that was the, uh, Lorenz Larkin, uh, oh, that's Gonzalez right. fight. yeah. Um, so they, they just redid their sports arena there and, uh, I'm hoping to get a bunch more Bellator back before they started the renovation. I was getting about two or three Bellator events, uh, a year, just a couple blocks from my house. So were you at the, where did you make it to the first round of the heavyweight tournament of the January event with, uh, where McDonald won and, and, and they did the, uh, Chael versus rampage. Yeah. That was Bellator 192. That was at the forum in LA. And you were so, there for that. 
yeah, I made it to that one. Um, pretty much don't miss a Bellator event. If it's within a, a three or four hour drive, I'm, I'm pretty much there. That goes for Bellator and UFC, Invicta, the, the big, the big shows. So, I mean, we already got two fights out of the tor- in the tournament out of the way. The one you, so you were at that one, and I covered uh, um, Mitrione and Roy Nelson at Mohegan Sun, which, 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 um, so I was there, and it seemed like all the booze and the people that I mean, I still see things about it from, from where you were sitting, you're watching it on TV. Did it seem like there was anything wrong with that fight? Because I thought it was a tough fight, uh, for Matt Mitrione to win because there was booze in the arena. When I was there that night, and, and as as me just sitting there watching it, cage side, I was just like, I don't understand where this is coming from. It was a good fight, um, and, and I agreed with the decision. Did you? Yeah, I thought the decision was right. I didn't think that uh, Nelson did enough in the third to get a 10-8 and earn a draw. Although as a fan, it would have been fun to see another round. Mm. Um, I thought the fight was better than the Chael Rampage fight. <laughs> I'll tell you that. That was, yeah. a, that was quite a letdown, but... I think of all the first round bouts, I think that was the one that kind of was expected to be a potential snoozer out of all of them. Yeah. Um, the the Mitrione uh, Nelson fight, I I think if anything, you got booze because the fans expected more fireworks out of that fight. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you looked at the matchups, I would say of the four of the four quarter finals, that would have been the one that probably most people would have guessed was going to end in a knockout. Um. If you know, I guess Fedor Mir could potentially fall into that category, um, but I, you know, that I think most people figured it would be a slugfest uh, with Rampage or with uh, Mitrione and Nelson, and there was a little bit of wrestling, and uh, you know, I was surprised by the fight. I, I, I thought Mitrione was the the clear number one seed going into the tournament, and after that fight, I'm not so sure anymore. I, his his ground game uh, and his stamina didn't. Uh, didn't impress me all that much yeah i mean i feel like i mean he survived he survived and he there was a uh there's a key lock attempt that he got out of and he was in he was in the crucifix position so and he 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 managed to slip out of that and um so i mean his defense was on point i i think he even admitted in the post-fight press conference that's up actually on the youtube channel too um as far as his own criticisms of his performance, but it, uh, obviously uh, he had, he had the right game plan for him. The first two, the first two rounds pretty much were identical. And uh, I mean, and Roy Nelson's just even for heavyweights. I mean, both those guys are giants, but just to have that guy on top of you, I mean, you know, it, it, it's not an, it's not a something you're going to get out of easy. So I don't know. And that, and that, that makes me think about what you said about, uh, you know, with Chael and uh, Rampage and their, uh, excuse me, when they fought, um, sometimes to, to win, it might not be the most exciting thing, but even when they, when they were doing the media for it, I forgot what radio show, uh, both Chael and Rampage were on, but he, Chael Sonnen said, I mean, if he could hump his way, his leg hump his way to a heavyweight title, he's going to do it. And if that strategy works, I mean, I know it's boring and it's not exciting, but I'm not going to fault him for it either. No, I wouldn't fault him for it, but I think that's the only way he could potentially win it. Uh, mm. you, we're not going to see Ch- Son and stand in the middle of the ring and swing with any of these guys. And yeah, and, and we well, knock. you know what my concern is, and and I definitely want to hear what you think about it too. Um, he was so sore after that fight. Um, he he talked about it like the next two podcasts of his own podcast that he recorded. He was so sore, 
And I'm like, all right, well, Rampage, Rampage was heavier than you, but the, the guys that are left for him to fight now are bigger. I mean, he's kind of small. Like, outside of King Mo, who's already used to fighting uh, heavier guys because he's fought at heavyweight in, in uh, Japan, um, I feel like I feel like he the next few fights are going to be harder for him. I don't I don't I, I don't know if that strategy will work, like, especially against guys like I mean, look at who's left. You got Frank Mir and Fedor fighting next, right? Yeah, I think it would be an upside down world if Chael Sonnen's able to beat Frank Mir or or Fedor Emelianenko. If if him beating those guys would, I can't even really think of much bigger upset, even at those guys' age. At everybody's age, I don't see how he. he I guess he could wrestle down Fedor and lay on top of him if Fedor's that far gone, but I don't. I just can't see it. Um, and, and along with the chance at a submission, um, historically, I think uh, Sonnen's tapped out to submissions like fourteen times in his career. Yeah, um, I, I don't see him getting Mir down. I don't think he has a chance in hell of taking down Frank Mir. Mm. And I think that's probably the worst place. I, I, I don't think he has a chance against Frank Mir. And I think his only chance is if Fedor comes in completely out of shape and is able to be taken down and laid on. And I don't know if after if seeing that Rampage kind of came back in the third round against Sonnen, um, I don't think he'll be able to hold down Fedor for, for three full rounds without getting blasted. I mean, Rampage could have won that fight, but his he's just, he's slow it's just he's just his heart's not in it mm. my at least from uh no uh, i'm sorry to cut you off but my, my my concern most is is uh i mean so the thing with chael is is uh i'm actually i actually have confidence in his takedowns and his grappling because uh i know you know i've i've i've, I've followed him when he was in it when he wasn't fighting but he was still you know he was still competing in, in grappling tournaments and and uh Meta Morris and things like that, and, and he's been promoted twice uh, uh, since that. Since he's been gone and come back, he he's got his brown belt in jiu-jitsu now under uh, Fabiano Scherner. And um, I mean, I, I've watched a lot of his grappling matches. I mean, he could definitely he could definitely survive. And if you watch even the fight that he that he lost against Tito, uh, he showed improvement because he changed submission attempts together. And uh, the same thing with the fight with Wanderlei, positionally, how he kept on uh, st- maintaining mount. And um, I mean, it, it's just he just seems to have gr- his uh, his fight IQ seems to have grown in his time off. So that's why I don't really like to count him out, especially anyone that's a wrestler. I feel like like him and King Mo and, and Ryan Bader, anybody coming from wrestling, um, I think they can. Uh, I think they're the strongest uh, ones to come out at least at towards the end of this thing. Um, yeah, I. I just can't see him. It, it, like I said, it would be an upside down world. A, if he were to submit Frank Mir, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I, I just can't see that happening. You know, like I said, I'm Fedor's my guy. So I even hate to think about the idea of him losing to Sonnen. potentially, I guess it could happen. I mean, I saw, uh, I got to attended uh Metamoris when, uh, Sonnen fought, uh, Galvao. Galvao. Mm. And yeah. uh, he took him down a bunch, or he took him down and stayed on top. But it, it, I mean, ten minutes into the match or so, he ended up getting submitted. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that's just kind of the history of Sonnen. I mean, he's a great front runner, but when the going gets tough and he starts to get a little tired, he seems to open himself up to those submissions. And you know, 
his fight with Rashad in the UFC I was at, his fights with his second fight with Silva. I mean, I saw him fight Jeremy Horn in the UFC. When the going gets tough, the guy tends to not step up too much. Um, you know, and like I said, I'm not looking to bad mouth on him, but that's just what I see. Yeah. Um, and against guys that are bigger than him, yeah. they can't kind of bully around. I, I I don't I don't think it's a good matchup either one of those guys um for him. But that's yeah. you know the fact that he's he beat Rampage is is pretty good feather in his cap and nice little thing for his resume to add on. And the fact that he'll actually step into the cage with Fedor or Frank Mir is another thing, and you know he deserves the respect for that. Yeah, I definitely think it's a uh, he's got a lot of tough fights ahead of him. That's for sure. I mean, especially well, who do you have? I mean, the next one is uh is Mir and uh, Emilianenko. I I know I know you got Fedor's sweater and everything, but <laughs> I I'm gonna go with Fedor. I think yeah? he's gonna be quick. I. You know, I think he'll land a punch. Mir's a little punchy. Um, they both are, but um, you know, I, the the I don't take a lot out of the Fedor Mitrione fight. They both landed punches. It was a simultaneous knockdown. Uh, Mitrione's a big, strong guy. He hit him a little bit more on the chin. Um, I don't. I just. I don't know. I, I I'll pick. I'll pick Fedor in that fight by TKO. Um, the uh, and then the, and then in May we get the Bader Bader and uh, King Mo fight. I think Ryan Bader is just a better version of King Mo right now. Mm. Um, I think you know if Mo would have never had all his knee injuries and you know he's got some he's got some mileage on him now. So I, I think they're pretty similar actually in in fighting style. Um, they both have knockout power. They're both excellent wrestlers. Um, I just see. I think I see Bader grinding out a win in that one. Um, you know, and then that would set up, you know, that would give us Fedor and Chael. And I, I think Fedor wins that. And then that would give us Mitrione and Bader, which is definitely an interesting fight. Um, I think it comes down to size. And, and I honestly, if it's a heavyweight tournament, for me, you go with the heavyweights, the true heavyweights. And I, I yeah. you know, I called it in the beginning. And I think we're going to get a Fedor Mitrione rematch. Hmm. Um, that's, that's kind of what I see happening. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to seeing it. I feel a little yeah. bit cheated. And, you know, after seeing Mitrion's first performance, it's one of those things where Fedor, you know, he, he used to fight so smart. It, it's his fight IQ seems to have declined over the last few years. Um, but, uh, you know, if he's able to take Mitrion into deep water at all, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it becomes a very, very interesting fight if that fight goes, you know, seven, eight, nine minutes into it. Mm. Yeah, no, me too. Definitely. Um, I, that's good. That honestly, that's the the thing in the entire sport of MMA. And I don't care. I mean, I'm probably going to get a lot of hell for this on and, uh, anyone that watches this later. Uh, but uh, that's probably the most exciting event all year for me. Scott Coker said it's something that he thinks the sport needs right now. This, the, the heavyweight tournament. And I agree with him a hundred percent because it's definitely, um, sometimes, you know, every event can't be the same thing. You know, you have a bunch of fights and then a main event and then, you know, you need something to 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 change it up a little. That's why people jumped all over the the Mayweather McGregor thing. It was just something different, you know. Yeah, well, it's you know, I I wrote a uh, a piece for for the blog board and and for the MMA community about the the Bellator tournament. And for me, being an old school fan, it was just you know the tournament aspect of fighting is is what I think the sport should be. Um, it, to me, it gives a clear winner. It kind of develops a storyline along the way. I yeah. mean, here we're here we're talking about potential fights 
uh, six, eight months from now. Um, you can't really do that with any other, you know, we, we know, you know, this weekend, for example, we got uh, Verdun and Volkov fighting um, in London for the UFC. But beyond that fight, we don't know what's coming up next. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the tournament, we, we see it. Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with the alternate situation. I know Javi Ayala and Czech Congo have been named as alternates. I don't know if they're supposed to be fighting each other. I don't know if potentially they just can get a buy at any point. That's been a little vague from uh, Coker on that. Um, That's a good but, question. I didn't even think about that. You know, but um, I mean, the odds of getting through all four quarterfinals uh, and semifinals without an injury that knocks somebody out for six months is pretty, pretty rare. Um, I mean, so far, the first two fights have pretty much allowed that to happen because we haven't had a big knockout. Um, we haven't had a situation. Well, the loser is going to get uh, obviously suspended and they're not in the tournament any longer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we haven't had a back and forth slugfest yet where somebody where the winning fighters come out uh, in, in bad shape. So I'm curious to see how that unfolds. And um, but, you know, just like I said, being able to talk about future fights and how it can unfold, it kind of tells a story. I mean, that used to happen in one night. You used to have the one night tournament. Um, where it was a three-hour event for UFC, but you know, I, I remember specifically sitting back in the day and watching the tournaments, and you know, you, you kind of felt like you got to know the fighter as the as the event evolved. You know, you got to the next round and you had just seen him fight, and if it was a returning fighter, you know, it didn't even have to be a big name. It could have been somebody like Paul Varlins. Okay, I saw him win a couple fights um, in UFC six. He won his first fight, Cal Worsham. He went on to fight Tank Abbott, lost his fight, but you know didn't give up. It basically came down to John McCarthy stopping that fight. And then yeah. he comes along uh, the next event at UFC 7, wins his first two fights, and then fights Marco Huas. And you just kind of got to the point where you're going, okay, this guy's a tough dude. You got to know him. Not the greatest skilled MMA fighter of all time. He's a giant, one of the biggest men I've ever met in my life. Um but you got to know these guys and, you know, you got to follow their history and there wasn't an event every other week. So you got to, you got to look forward kind of to the next, the next show and the next tournament almost as the story developed. And I feel like that's what tournaments give us. Uh, Ryzen is, it does that. Yeah. Um, that's how pride was, you know, you could, you know, oh, yeah. I pride, loved pride was fun. I loved, yeah. You know, I just love to be able to look at a bracket and, uh, and anticipate what could happen and yeah. it gives you a chance to research the guys and get to know about them. And, and well, yeah, yeah. look, look now. I mean, it was, it was today, right? March madness. It, that's a bracket. People get excited about You're right. You're absolutely right about that. There you go. It's the, in this perfect, perfect time to bring that up. It's the same, same kind of thing. People fill out their brackets and they're not just concerned about the first round. They're picking, you know, the next round and then the semifinals and the, in the, in the finals and, you know, and, and, it gets people excited because they're looking for potentially what could happen, how the matchups could be, you know, strategically you're trying to figure out how so-and-so matches up with, with so-and-so if, if they advance another round. And, you know, I mean that to me, that's how MMA should be, you know, yeah. the, uh, the professional fighters league. Um, I'm curious to see how their tournament unfolds. They got their million dollar tournaments and, you know, if set up right, um, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see how that goes. Could be me really too. fun. Me too, especially uh, well, they're starting in June, so we still got a little bit to wait for that. But I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, uh, but uh, I've, as far as what we got on deck in the immediate future, this weekend is uh, the UFC's uh, in uh, in the UK, right? With um, 
Who's in that? Uh, Fabricio Werdum and, and Volkov. What is it? Alexander? Alexander Volkov. Yeah, he's former Bellator heavyweight champion. Yeah. Um, lo- eventually lost to uh, Vitaly Minkov. Um, and gosh, I think it was. I can't remember the exact event. It was like Bellator 120. Might have been Bellator 120. I think it might have been the uh, Shlomenko uh, Tito card as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, good fighter. Um, tall, lanky, um, and everybody knows uh, Verdun. Um, you know, cards a little bit low on uh, big name value, but uh, I think it'll be a fun main event for sure. Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, tell me if you agree with this, because in my experience, the cards, the cards that that people seem to uh, let slip off, you know, because they're like, oh, it's not that good or whatever, or those usually wind up being the like highlights for like the next six months come off of cards like that. And in my experience, do you agree or, 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 or do you think I'm, I'm just uh, trying to be a little too nice to, to the guys that are trying to make their way? No, I, I mean, I think there's something to that. You, know, you have hungry fighters um, that are getting an opportunity to fight in the UFC. Yeah. Um, I think people tend to confuse the word card with fights. Um, no matter how the fights unfold this weekend, the card is weak. The card is what you look at. You see the list of fighters and you go, I don't know most of these guys. That's the card. The fights can turn out to be great. And at the end of the day, you go, that fight card turned into great fights, but the card is still what it is. Maybe, maybe 10 years from now, we're going to look back and there's going to be six former champions on the card, um, that fought this night. But, um, yeah, I mean, they get the opportunity. The fights can be good. Um, Often, like you said, they are good. Uh, maybe, maybe, po- possibly has to do with the expectations being a little lower. Um, you know, it's this isn't UFC 200 where, you know, that that was an event, for example, where the card was pretty damn stacked, but the fights didn't necessarily live up to the hype that night. Yeah. So, so that was a great card, but the fights were average. Um, this weekend, I'm hoping that it's a middle to lower card but the fights turn out to be outstanding and um you know definitely could uh yeah i mean the only reason i bring it up is because we were talking about it earlier uh one of the guys that's he's on the main card portion of the fight pass event um terry on where was uh, had to defend i forget i don't even remember it was some fan on twitter and i, I first of all I, I thought it was cool that he he responded to to defend the event that he's fighting on. And, and he was just honest. He wasn't like uh, upset or, or snippy about it. I think you said you saw it too. I don't remember the, uh, what he said word for word, but he was just like, you know, please tune in, you know, uh, us guys that, that aren't a name yet are trying to make a name for ourselves, something to that effect. And I, I, I thought that was pretty cool that he said that. And it's definitely, if I wasn't going to tune in, which I was, I'm actually going to watch it on my phone at the Irish pub. Cause it's also St. Patty's day. But, uh, so while I'm drinking, I'll be watching the fights on my phone. Something I know that you're an expert at, uh, <laughs> while, while watching on a tablet or your phone or wherever, um, through the through whatever the place's Wi-Fi is. But um, I mean, when he, when I read that, I was like, man. I mean, I don't know. I just I, maybe it's because of, uh, I, um, I don't. A lot of folks don't. You know, a lot of folks don't know because you know, as as somebody, I, I trained. I've trained with guys that have fought in the UFC. I, I've trained with guys that that compete in in various levels of grappling and and. And having tried to cut weight and stuff myself when I was younger and, and competing in Grappler's Quest, it's just like 
Like I have an idea of the pressure and what they sacrifice and give up to go through. So that's why when I go watch an event or I do coverage or I always take it into account. Uh, that's like, that's why I wrote what I wrote about defending for the same, um, the Connecticut card with uh, Heather Hardy and Anna Hulatan. Like people were giving them so much negativity. And I was just like, Hey, the, these chicks are doing it in MMA and boxing and they don't care who pays them what or whatever. They, they signed both contracts without any, you know, hoopla in the media, like we're seeing with Mayweather and McGregor, you know, it, it, it in, in a sense, they're doing better than, than the men are. So, uh, I don't know. I just, when I see stuff like that and, and what he said to that guy, I was just like, man, like, how can you, how can you not like combat sports and how can you pr trash these guys that are, they're pretty much going out there and getting hurt for, for your entertainment. You're going to sit there and boo them or, 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 you know, bash them. I, I just never get that. I never get that mentality. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, there's no reason to bash the fighters. They're not the ones making the card. They're not the matchmakers. And they're taking the opportunity that's given to them. Um, you know, you bring up Terry and where I actually saw him fight live uh, last December um, for the Ultimate Fighter finale. He fought the uh, the up and comer Sean O'Malley. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I ended up going to a split decision, but he showed some toughness. You know, the guy. You know, he's another guy. He deserves to be in the UFC. UFC's got a big roster these days. And, you know, I saw the same tweet that you're mentioning. And, you know, it's it's nice. It's refreshing to see a fighter kind of know where they're at. Um, talk about putting on a show. But, you know, I didn't get the impression that he, he wanted to uh, try to sell the idea that he was, you know, the world champion. You know, he, he it came off to me like, hey, I'm a fighter and I'm going to put on a show. If you're going to tune in, if you're going to buy a ticket. Uh, you know, you're I'm gonna, you're coming to watch a fight, and I'm going to put on a fight, and that's the attitude that uh, that you know most of the fighters have, and and all of them should. Um, so yeah, you know. definitely. I mean, you, you said something at the beginning of this when we started, so I, I'm only bringing it up because we're coming to the end now. We, uh, but um, you said something about I mean how MMA is mainstream now and and it is mainstream obviously with cuz they're on Fox Sports whatever it's more mainstream than it was in 2003 2005 when we when we felt like we were in a little secret club still watching it at late at night on Spike but um it's definitely like the 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 funny thing about that statement is I always find I always find the sport still fighting an uphill battle when it comes to being as mainstream as boxing is, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know if you, you find that because obviously I, I feel like where you're at, it's more accepted than it is around here. You know, like I still have to explain to people there, they don't punch each other in the balls anymore. Yes, there are rules. You know what I mean? So it, it just seems like, like amongst us, obviously it's very mainstream, but I mean, it, and then when you, when we step outside of our social circle, it's not as mainstream as we, we would like it to be. No, that's true. And, and, I think boxing, boxing has a history. You know, if, if you're talking to the, to the person, the 50 year old man sitting at the bar, drinking a beer next to you and you bring up, you know, combat sports, he knows boxing, boxing, simple. Everybody's seen a boxing match, yeah. you know, and depending on your age, you either live through the, the Foreman Ali's, you live through the Sugar Ray uh, Duran, you know, then you go to Tyson. I mean, people boxing, had its celebrities people knew the the names um i i think that you pretty much could ask that same guy at the bar if he knows who conor mcgregor is and you ask and then you ask him if he knows who anthony joshua is and 
Conor McGregor is going to get, they're going to know Conor McGregor a lot more than they're going to know that, that championship boxer these days. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's so many events now. Um, so you can't expect the, to me, I can't expect the fans to keep up with it. Like the hardcore fans, like me and you do, Yeah, you know, and, and the fans that most of the fans that are going to listen to this podcast, you know, those, those guys are watching as many fights as they can, um, you know, in as much time they can. Um, and you know, when I say mainstream, you know, when I see, when I see UFC news coming across the, the ticker on ESPN, um, when I, you know, when you hear a radio show and they're talking about the UFC, um, when my local radio show up here is giving away tickets to the Bellator event, you know, stuff like that, you know, I, I, you know, maybe being so old school, you know, I used, I recorded Phil Donahue episodes just because they had Ken Shamrock on an episode, (laughs) you know, um, you know, I go back to Jim Rome interviewing Dana White when he first bought the UFC, you know, when they announced the, the, the purchase of pride, that was Jim Rome, you know, Back then, I just remember if I would see anything, it would be it would be a shock. I'd grab my VHS and pop it in and hit record, you know, just to, you know, Dan Severn showing up at a WWE event, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff back then you just it was it was new. You just you know, it's what I, I wanted. You know, I was I was just thinking about that the other day, you know, I. Uh, there's a guy on Twitter, uh, Kaposa. He goes by at Grabaka Hitman. Oh yeah. He puts he puts out a combat schedule um, every week. Um, yeah. If you're on Twitter, you definitely need to check him out. But uh, you know, he puts out a combat schedule, and on on any given week, there's you know there's dozens of events. Yeah. Ways to watch them, and you know, I I think back to watching, you know, uh, you know. Gosh, 17, 18 years ago, watching a stream from mm. Costa Rica on a, you know, a two by two inch. Yeah. I couldn't even, you didn't even full screen. Yeah. You know? and, yeah and it was all choppy and yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the tape trading days, you know, I've got, I've got dozens and dozens of VHS tapes, you know, in, in yeah. Russian and Portuguese, you know, in Japan, you know, in, in Japanese that, you know, and I, it's just. And it's now you big, can. Now you can catch the streams right on the Vlogboard Jungle through the Fight TV. Uh, we got we got the link on there for Fight TV. You can download the Fight TV app and, and watch them on your phone. It's like the free version of Fight Pass for folks that don't know. Yeah, I mean, Fight TV is a great app. Uh, you know, I have a subscription to, to uh, Flow Combat, Flow Grappling. Um, I mean, just between those, you get a ton of fights, and you can really keep up with the, the up-and-coming fighters, even at the amateur level and, and, and on up uh, to some of the smaller pro events. But, uh, you yeah. know, between that and Fight Pass, and, you know, Fight Pass, you know, some people are negative towards the UFC. Um, for $10 a month, I mean, there's a lot of other events other than UFC. I mean, this weekend's oh, yeah. event is a UFC event um, that's on it. But victory, um, victory's on there, and I love that promotion. I love that squared cage. Um, uh, victory's Titan. on there. Titan, Invicta. Uh, the Pancrase. thing that made me—I was just about to say—the thing that made me sign up for it was Pancrase. Um, because I was always on the fence about it. When they picked up Pancrase, I was like, I gotta watch. Now I have to have it. So, yeah. Well, that comes on late for you, but you can, yeah. you, can watch, you can always watch the replay. But exactly, yeah, that, that's a one a.m. start time for you. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, I go back to Pancrase. I ordered the first pay-per-views in '97. Boss Root and Frank Shamrock. Yep. You know, Minoru Suzuki, Semi Shield. You know, so 
yeah, just, they got, like, they got it, those DVDs in a box here somewhere. <laughs> you know, but it just how much you struggled back in the day to watch those and how easy it is now. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes it mainstream for me. The fact that it's, it's accessible. I mean, it, the MMA isn't a league like the NFL. It's not, you know, where there's, uh, you know, three days, two days, three days out of the week where there's a game on, it's on big national TV. But, you know, if you want to access the sport, there's never been a better time. And you're in, you can get, you know, you can get as much MMA nowadays as you can you can handle. You know? Yeah, you're right about that, man. Thank and thank God for technology because otherwise it would not for nothing. If it wasn't for the technology like that we're using now to to talk about it with whoever's listening and and uh, the way that we met through the through the the uh, the community forum and 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 the the fact that we've been able to to create something about this sport. I mean, it just like you said, it's, there's never better. It's never been a better time to watch it and, and learn about it. And it's really easy to learn the history now, too. So. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, as this is wrapping up, you know, I look forward to next week. We get a chance to talk about how this weekend's fights went um, and getting some uh, guests lined up for the show. I think this is going to be a, a good uh, show for the fans to listen to. And, uh, you know. Yeah, man. Once we get a, once we get a regular uh, following. So anyone that listens after the fact, we're, we're doing it live now. But obviously... It'll be on the website. Please leave your comments. Anybody at, at the at the MMA community forum, please let us know uh, what you like, what you didn't like. Um, I mean, me, me and me and the Hawk got thick skins. We can take it. And um, yeah, thanks, thanks again for making the time to do this. I mean, I really appreciate you reaching out. It's it's so hard to collaborate with folks and uh, just do things. Uh, that's why writing became my thing. But um, um, is there anything else you want to say before we uh we call it a night? Yeah, I'd just say uh, give me a follow on Twitter at MMAHawk21 and uh, check out some of my posts at the, the MMAcommunity.com. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, also obviously this will be on the blogboardjungle.com and um, I, the, all this stuff is also in the YouTube description, like your, your Twitter handle, my Twitter handle, and um, uh, folks that follow me, you can read, you can read my coverage over at uh, Frontproof Media. Sure dog, my MMA news and uh, the blogboardjungle.com. So I write it a lot of a lot of places. So all right, man. Uh thank you again, man. Again, uh as anyone following, make sure you give Matt uh MMA Hawk to follow, uh, because uh, uh this this is happening because of him. I mean, a lot of thank you so much for uh reaching out. Like I said, it's just so hard to find find it's so hard to find like minded folks that are willing to collaborate and and especially for MMA, you know. So I really do appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. And I look forward to working with you and uh, Brian Moore of Legends of the Cage and uh, getting a bunch of good guests that will uh, keep the fans' interest and uh, talking some great MMA and combat talk with you. Cool, man. All right. I'll, I'll holler later. All right. Take it easy, brother.